name of the movie? We have, we're doing no movies today. We're not doing a movie today. What about the movie we saw at the movies yesterday? Uh, it Two, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you are absolutely right, good sir. Uh, oh, quote time, quote time. Uh, uh, if you don't want me to chase you into fire... Don't run into fire. My name is Matthew Kroll. And I don't even know a Samantha. My name is Shahir Dowd. This will all make sense when I'm older. I'm Jessica Tucker. There we go. <laughs> this again. is the only podcast about movies, specifically the film Frozen 2. Frozen? Frozen. Frozen 2. Uh, and as you, as you can tell, uh, we are we are graced once again with uh, television producer and overall uh, extraordinary person, Miss Jessica Tucker, Thank back you. for your umpteenth time on the yeah. podcast. Um, we've lost count now. The most guested epi- uh, person on the ep- on the show. The wow. most most guested we bestow upon to you the the honor of most guested. I am honored. If you can imagine the Star Wars final scene, you know, like where everyone's getting trophies, that's what you would be oh, handed out. Wow. Yep. A little uh, golden Ewok, or, or a little golden uh, <laughs> a golden baby Yoda. A golden Gold- baby Yoda. M- my new obsession. Oh really? So you're watching the show? Oh. It's like all I've been talking about. Really? So uh, the, here's the thing. I have not watched the show at all, but of course I know what Baby Yoda is. Right, because Twitter. Because the internet yeah. is around. Is it is The Mandalorian worth checking out? So here's the thing. I started episode one and kind of like half watched, mm-hmm. and then he appeared. Baby and then Yoda? suddenly I was very interested, and, <laughs> and episode two I watched and was glued to the screen because... Guess who steals the show? Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda. What is so special about Baby Yoda? It's just it's it's super endearing, and I don't want to ruin like plot points or anything that happens. No. But like, picture Yoda, right? Yeah. But a baby, <laughs> and then all of the things you think a baby version of Yoda would do, both being incredibly badass and fucking adorable. Like it's it's a it's a delight. As you can gather from like the first part of this podcast, I have like a four year old. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes to me, a baby is real annoying. Uh, so far, no. I love least, my kid. Don't get me uh, wrong. It, well, his but. his intro was spot on, no yeah. question. Um, but actually, <laughs> sorry, we got we went off on a Mandalorian I kick. Needed to though. All right, okay. we we got it out we're of the, the way. Dis- we're in we're we're in the Disney ecosystem. Yeah, yeah it's so all right. not. Uh, so so Jess, we flew you back all the way from L.A. Yeah, uh, because no, via Florida, via Florida. Well, we we, <laughs> we, wanted, we, we, we threw in a little. Her, yeah, we wanted to yeah. Yeah, yeah, we get a nice a vacation first. Uh, all because uh, one of our dear listeners, Terse oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> man. <laughs> Tersman. Shahir is so salty. Uh, so uh, Tersman, uh, has, who has been going through all of our episodes and tweeting like the one-sentence reviews, which I've absolutely loved, wrote, Episode 88, Lego Batman. Anytime Jess is on is an absolute delight. At this point, just replace Shahir down with Jess oh. and I would be... And he added you. He, he didn't added me added to the He wanted you to see. Uh, yeah. All, all you've been able to do is respond with hurt gifts. Yeah, well, what am I going to do? If he doesn't want me on the show. Uh, yeah. Terse man, you Terse. Gotta, we got to show Shahir some love here. I mean, granted, we did do exactly what you said and yeah. uh, get Jess in yeah. here for this episode. Matt texted that to me and he was like, SOS. And I was in Disney World and I was like, be right there. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'll be there well, I guess, now. So, I guess, so weirdly, is, is, are you guys tell, is this an intervention? Are you guys telling me I'm out? No, 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 <laughs> no, no, because no, 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 we can't like, afford to. We, I we'll can't. tweet you later. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You'll get. I mean, that should I just leave? Over <laughs> is that what's happening? Uh, it's funny. We were making a joke about how Jess came to be on this podcast, and like we're like, ha ha, that's so funny. But it is kind of exactly true. Like we we didn't know we would be crossing paths this time around, and then through actually this tweet and going to you, and then seeing yeah. where you were coming here and blah blah blah. Wait, the tweet is what did it? Ka- weirdly, <laughs> yeah. like I know we're joking about it, but like it's it was the it was the it was the the focal point that started Jess and I just discussing because we Jess and I have missed each other the past times that she's been uh, into New York or I've yeah. been in, uh, West Coast and like and this just worked out. <laughs> it did. Also, funny story. I was in Disney World and I was riding rides. I didn't have my phone on me, but I'd get my push messages yeah. to my watch. My watch, but the pictures don't come up on the watch, just the message. So all I got from you was a text that said, he, he, he. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I wonder what he's laughing at. It could be anything. <laughs> all right, all right. Enjoy your moment, people. I will see you after no, the show. No, no, we need, we need you, Shahir. We need you to break Church down. Church man broke me. We need you to break down this film. Uh, but if anyone else would like to throw their hat into the ring for breaking down films with us. Or can, taking my place. Or if anyone wants to apply for Shahir Dowd's job, it, can, it pays you a, a grand total it's of nothing. Um, <laughs> podcasting money. Get it, people. Please email us in at onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com or tweet at us, as Tursman did, at onlymoviepod. Wait, now, just uh, backing up a second. You were at uh, Disney, because we're, again, in the Disney ecosphere. Yeah. Everything is Disney at this moment. Yeah. Um, how was your, uh, you know, like, we're, we're, did you go to all, all the islands or all the lands? We did. Yeah. We knocked them all out in two days. You've done it before, though. Right? I've done it before. And you did it in two days, because I did it last year, but I did it in four days. Yes. We had a toddler with us, though. So we... Yes, I've been before, so kind of have it down to mm. a science, and also was with only adults, and so we right. were fast and nimble. Yeah. And yeah, we did the park hoppers and ended, I was telling Matt, it's like funny, like as an adult, like we like Epcot best. Epcot, Ep- does Epcot, uh, the Epcot had one of my favorite rides, which was the um, the Voyage Across America, or Voyage Across the Lands kind of thing. What was that called? Oh, it's a kind of like the flying thing? Yeah, the flying yeah, the one. That's one, of my, one. The, the, what, well, I forgot what that was called. Uh, soaring. Soaring. Yeah, soaring. I think Soaring is great. Yeah, Soaring's great. Um, and uh, which there's a new ride there what? that relates to what we're talking about today that was incredible. Well, really? Yeah. What? It's a- In Norway. In the I, Norway country. Oh, that's right. They redid Norway to be way it more used frozen-y. To be Maelstrom, oh, okay. Now it's frozen. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. what is the frozen like? Do you go through Norway or it's you... a it's a river ride. So you get into a boat and yeah. you coast through and they do a little narrative. And it's it's updated animatronics, and so there's like a digital projection like it's an animatronic body but their faces look like the animation i see which okay. is really cool and yeah also it very was, waste world yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah um but it was really really cool and it's pretty short but yeah you go through you go through like a little like it's kind of like a dark ride it's retrofitted it's retrofitted from another ride because i do Maelstrom, remember there was yeah. like yeah there was like another ride in that at that world because yeah. there's not rides in every world that's what confused me and when I was younger, disappointed me that in Epcot there wasn't like a ride per world or mm-hmm. per country. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I just stick with, um, I think there was one in Mexico. There was like a, a, there's river, like ride a, there a river ride there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there was one in Norway. Uh, but we were just saying, 
Epcot is like the adult place to be at this point. Yeah. Like when it comes to the Disney theme, like if you're going, I think without kids. I think actually my son had the most fun probably at Epcot because oh. they had uh, they had a Finding Nemo interactive. Yeah. Where like did you do that one where the they they have like a projection of uh, uh, the turtles um, crush and the cr- and and they have a voice actor behind the screen who mm-hmm. will actually talk to the people in the audience and they talk to my oh, son right cool. right away. So you got to speak to Crush right away, which is I'm I'm like I don't know why Finding Nemo isn't as favorite movie at this point but it's not it's Frozen not is. Yeah. yeah well okay so we didn't do that we did they have like a little like ride through kind of ride too and mm. we were telling our friend that went with us like who hasn't seen Finding Nemo where like mm. the ride makes it seem more annoying than it is it's actually like a really really great movie yeah oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> Finding Nemo is dope <laughs> Um, did you do Avatar Land? Did you line up yes. early for Avatar? We did. Yeah, we started Animal Kingdom, did yeah. Avatar. I, I've i ridden that. I went out for work a couple of, or a year ago, I guess. Work took you to the Avatar work? ride? Yes. We did a show that I worked on. We were promoting the parks and got to ride it as like a part of like a scout yeah. a couple times and got escorted on. <laughs> Scouting! Not, I did, oh, so I did that in right air quotes. Well, yeah, so this was my first time riding in, in the line and okay. doing it, but I had done it like a few times before. Wait, you got to for, do it more for, than once for, for work? work? For work, yeah. Because <laughs> I, I, we Move had to do the line pass. and we were like, we walked in, you know, like really early, even mm-hmm. really early, it took us two hours to get through the line. I will yeah. say the the line is quite cool because the world that they built around yeah. Avatar, you know, whatever it is, is pretty it's dumb. really good. Yeah. yeah. Is the ride good? Yeah. Oh, it is. Yeah. is the ride better than the movie? Yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, I would. Yes. Okay. I mean, yes. that's not. I mean, yeah. It's the good. best part of the movie. Yeah. The ride is the best part of the movie. And <laughs> I actually met someone recently uh, who worked on the ride uh, because uh, Weta Digital did a lot of the work yeah. on the ride. And mm-hmm. I met someone who worked on that ride and and. Um, you know, they were repurposed assets from the movie for that ride. So they t- essentially took the that flight sequence and redid it, revamped mm-hmm. the whole thing just for this ride. That's so it's basically cool. 2008 technology updated. It's pretty awesome. Nice. Yeah, it's really uh, good. You know, theme park rides that are cinematic experiences, I mean, the, the two Harry Potter rides that they have now, I'll even... The I'll Harry even, Potter is awesome. I'll even give, and this one is definitely not as strong, at Universal Studios. Uh, Jess, sorry, you missed it. Uh, there is a Fast and Furious ride. What? Now, it's so weird because Fast and <laughs> Furious is not like a property I would think to rideify. Uh-huh. Like they are big sort of like visual rides when you're doing it, but like at a park, like at a theme park, it's just like if you look at the origins of, <laughs> of Fast and Furious, like I don't know, I wouldn't be like, yes, let's put our children on this, but like the the ride itself they filmed with the entire cast and they used like holograms and like all the stuff while you're waiting because you're like t- t- Taj is uh, bringing you to an after party because Dom won another race or whatever <laughs> and you have to get in this party bus but then the 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 first Shaw brother I forget who plays him not um not Jason Statham okay uh the Shaw senior okay um uh, he he <laughs> tries to like destroy your party bus on the way and it's just you on a bus. Rolling through the, a full screen, like a oh. 720 view thing of like a highway chase scene. Now, granted, the graphics do look fairly video gamey, uh-huh. yeah. but it's still all of the main characters like leaping off one thing, throwing a brick, uh, like an engine brick into a helicopter. And I'm just like, 
This took an incredible amount of work and time to do this silly, dumb thing. And it did get me Are you thinking. describing the movie or the, uh, the theme park at this point? Yes. And uh, my, my point being, I love that this has become an entire industry to take, uh, to take this and, 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 and see if you can keep upping the level of fidelity and immersion yeah. in these specific situations. Yeah, well, because the Avatar ride, I don't know if you noticed this, but you are sitting on it like a bicycle. And in between your thighs, you can feel you're riding on the back of an Avatar. You can feel it breathe. Yeah. It's really, it's really yeah, well designed. It's I mean, really good. there's a documentary on Disney Plus about the Imagineering. The basically mm-hmm. everyone who's an engineer at uh, Disney is called an Imagineer. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and yeah. it's a it's an entire art form that they've kind of developed here. But th- I think ancillary to that, it's interesting how much the theme park is an esten- extension of the branding that the movies are trying to kind of incorporate. Mm. So Disney is uh, ostensibly trying to create, uh, or tr- you know, like essentially has created, <laughs> cultivating. Intellectual property that that can be marketed and rebranded and repurposed in, in all, almost any dimension. So yeah. Yeah. whether that be merchandise, whether that be actual experiences like the theme mm-hmm. park, whether that be other shows, other movies, uh, whatever it is, uh, you know, it, there's that there's a scene in uh, Succession uh, where, where you know where he sits down and says, "Bring me some franchisable. Make sure you get me some franchisable IP." Yeah. And I think that is really clearly what Disney is all about. And Did you say it in a J. Jonah Jameson voice? No. <laughs> a little bit. A little, do you, does anyone else, do you watch Succession, Jason? I don't, oh, but okay. I, it's, it's good. I've heard. It's I've pretty heard it's solid. Um, yeah, no, so I, I wonder then, from your point of view, just having been there and, and relating it to the movie we're going to be doing today and thinking about my four-year-old who's experienced this as well, mm-hmm. like what is the Frozen... Like, what is the the identity of Frozen as you go through Disney? Like, what is what are they selling? Are they selling princesses? Are they selling magic? Are they selling, uh, you know, like travel? What what is the what is what? Why is Frozen so popular? It seems to me that they're selling princesses. They've right. taken. It's also I think I was reading. It's like the first princess movie that they've tried to franchise because like ah. and back in the day like, like Sleeping Beauty doesn't have a sequel no well they do was, all to like VHS and, Blue, and they, DVD yeah. they do but, but it's like they they were considered like that was a very like low brow thing yep. to do and you wouldn't do that to a princess movie oh okay you know and so it's like yeah it's like if you were gonna try to, to make more money off of it they were gonna do it in a way that didn't necessarily like take away from like the the theatrical mm. aspect of it because a lot of people don't if even if you did like i probably saw one if i was younger like the little mermaid tv show there was a tv show about yeah. it but it's like do you remember that no you remember right. the movie right and so i think they're selling princesses and and then it's kind of like it's also like the the woke culture like subversive i mean that's what frozen kind of had uh in princesses. its, in its, in its yeah. Favor a little bit is that it kind of subverted what we understood about princesses. Yes. Yeah. Uh, in that thing, because and again, as a parent, this is something I'm, I'm super conscious about because you know I'm raising a boy, yeah. and I and I'm like super conscious about not wanting him to think of think of girls as princesses only. Yeah. You know, like it just seems it seems like kind of counterintuitive to, or or it seems like it could be slightly. Because, you know, like he has uh, um, female cousins. Yeah. And I, you know, and we don't want to like norm, normalize the idea that she's going to be a princess and he's going to be a prince or he's going to do this and he's yeah. going to do that. You know, we kind of want them to be not, you know, I guess maybe it is a little little bit gender fluid, you know, like yeah. we don't want to like impose a yes. sense of what gender is. And that is, right. that I think has classically been the, the sort of criticism of the princess idea in Disney, right? And they're moving away a little bit up from it. I mean, the thing is Disney's doing, and I'll talk about this a little bit more when we get into the movie, but Disney is the, is the, the, not the king of many things or the, the master, the emperor, if you will. But, uh, one of them 
is having their cake and eating it too, or at least trying to try to do that. And while I love, so I saw Frozen 1 in the theater the weekend it came out. It just mm-hmm. happened that way. And I, I fell in love with it. Like, I really enjoy Frozen yeah. 1. I haven't actually watched the whole thing through, I think, more than maybe one other time since then. Oh, man, have a kid. I know. But, but this is the thing. Like, I've been able to somehow parse it in my brain as just a very enjoyable, subversive movie for mm-hmm. me that is not a cultural phenomenon outside of seeing it on, like, products and uh, string cheeses and shit. Like, it's it's... Because it's everywhere. It's everywhere. But it's like, I, I haven't had the experience of like it being thrown at my brain twenty four seven as Shahir right. has. And I, the thing I think the runaway hit was obviously Let It Go, and yeah. and the big takeaway from that was that it was the inversion of what Disney refers to as the I want it song. Like right. all of the princesses sing about like Ariel wants to go where the people are, and like right. they I want to be a part of your world, and all they all have a song mm-hmm. about like yearning, and then Let It go was the complete inversion of that and it was I have this thing already inside me just like ostensibly as well let it go is kind of odd because when I guess the the way this sort of frozen was originally set up is that um, Elsa was supposed to be the villain yes and and her let it go song kind of changed that because Mm -hmm. it was essentially like oh it's not she's not villainous she's actually embracing this thing that's part of her Mm -hmm. and I guess you know maybe one of the other things that's that's partly uh, responsible, you know, responsible for its success is that the let it go thing and the the idea of letting uh, of like embracing her inner identity has this sort of um, somewhat uh, somewhat uh, interesting approach to the way we think about heterosexuality. For example, yeah. you know, like I think a lot of people who are not normative uh, in the way we kind of or heteronormative Heteronorm- in the way it, in the way we think about it would embrace that because it is powerful. It's like this yeah. idea of like embracing what's inside of us, letting it go, and like you know. Um, completely um, putting it out in the world without without any fear, which is, I think, is what was powerful about that song. Yeah, yeah. And they say, I mean, I don't know who I'm quoting here, but it's just like art at its best, like its job is to like take our pain and make it beautiful. Like it's yeah. to take all like the really, really difficult things in life and make it beautiful and to do it on a level that it resonates with adults and children is really, really special. And so I thought that the first one did that really well. And then I thought this one was so good. Ah, okay. Dun, dun, dun. Before we do that, so you you love the first one. Uh-huh. Who is your favorite character? Because this Ooh. is how I talk to my son. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> you guys are just uh, you know proxies for my kid at this point. Um, I have a hard time with favorites because it's just like it's kind of. I mean, <laughs> well. <laughs> just brought a McDonald's toy of uh, Sven yeah. on a little cloud, uh, and so I was just uh, holding that up, wondering if perhaps Sven was the favorite. Sven's pretty great. <laughs> if I, I will tell you. Okay, l- let me answer your question because I'm trying to get out of it, and yeah. I will not do that. If okay. I, if I had to revert back to child me, yeah, I would say Elsa. Okay. Because she, you're kind of, you know, you, you know, to point it out, you're blonde, you know. <laughs> Kind of, I, I can imagine you what identifying you, with that one. Yeah, <laughs> looking at that and going, "Hey, <laughs> it's me." I, um, yeah. So I mean, but I, I really like, I like the ensemble, and then all of like the everything that's supposed to be comedic relief. Like I was laughing at, like especially like in this. I literally just watched it. I came straight yeah. from the movie. Theater. It was airport movie <laughs> theater. You this got studio. like I don't know if we've made that clear, but I was in Orlando in Disney World. I, this morning I flew out from Orlando. Did the text I come this morning? Did the text come it this came yesterday? yesterday. It was yesterday. Oh, wait, so we 
Chicks like Church Boy. This is you gotta. Like, you gotta man, we're church not man. joking. Like, no, no, no. To me, he's Church oh, Boy okay. at this point. But so I flew from Orlando, <laughs> landed, dropped my stuff off, went straight to the movie theater, and then went straight from the movie theater here to record this. <laughs> and you, I, you know, I don't like this, but I didn't have a notebook. Oh wow! And it's, so I have we're going off the dome. Phone notes. No, she has got phone notes. Oh, that's she more than notes. Me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I got I got computer notes. Matt, but yeah. Matt, who's your favorite character? Oh, uh, is it Sven? Spence is pretty dope. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Uh, I, Frozen one. Actually, no. I'll even go. I'll, no, Elsa. Both. Yeah. Straight up. Elsa because both because times? Elsa. Straight up. Straight up. Um, <laughs> Good choice of words. Uh, well, not really. Um, but the I think her story is still the most interesting in both of the films. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and also uh, coming from a straight comic book head, her power set is. <laughs> legit oh, like now like, we get it yeah, like yeah. it's it's a narratively i think her story is the strongest and the most mm-hmm. beautiful and poignant uh though i have some issues with the second one that we'll sort of get into but b she can do so much stuff <laughs> she can do so much stuff she literally just builds shit whenever she needs it out of like like iceman from the x-men can just fuck he's done the moment that elsa can actually create people is kind of like she can create consciousness. She in creates yeah. consciousness. <laughs> yeah. She creates life. <laughs> she is essentially God, <laughs> but ice like God. with ice and things. So yeah, I Elsa Elsa's my jam. Okay. Uh, no pun intended. Well, when you say it like that, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Shahir. I'm all about that Olaf though. Olaf is my favorite. <laughs> Olaf, really? Without a, Olaf, without a doubt, is my favorite. I just his song in summer. Uh, you know, like uh, I'll finally get to see. You know, my my the 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 burning my snow up against the burning sand. I laugh at that every time. Mm-hmm. I think he's hysterical. Um, I also just I I like that he is just this like little ball of joy in amongst like terrible things. You know, like he's just oblivious to everything yeah. that's going on, and I just love him. Yeah, I, he's just my favorite. He's really funny. I really <laughs> loved him in the first one. Mm, okay, oh, wow. let's get into okay, that. Okay, that feels like it's about to be a burn. Yeah, no, All right. uh, well, well, he can't like be burned because he's snow. He's got the permafrost. Uh, he does have permafrost. Uh, do we want to do some IMDb? Yeah, like hit us. All right. Anna, Elsa, Kristoff, Olaf, and Sven leave Arendelle to travel to an ancient autumn-bound forest of an enchanted land. They set out to find the origin of Elsa's powers in order to save their kingdom. Okay. Um, Fair. Fair. Um. First things first. Mm-hmm. This movie's trailer. Shahir, I know you don't watch trailers. Did not. I, I actually did see this did because uh, Toy Story Four had it, and we t- I took my son to Toy Story Four. And I, unlike you guys, I can't put my headphones in and ignore my son while <laughs> while the trailers are running. <laughs> I would never put my headphones in and ignore your son. And I'd also watch all the trailers. Um, this mo- this when the trailer dropped for this, I instantly thought it looked like a Final Fantasy game. Like, I was like, oh, like, there's a party, and there's these, like, floating diamonds, and, like, Elsa's just going to run across the ocean because uh, friggin' she's just boss at that point. Yeah. Like, uh, and the entire thing felt very video gamey to me, and that's not a bad thing. It actually, I, I was like, oh, cool. Like, they're actually going to turn this into, like, a real, like, uh, like p- here's the adventuring party, and we're going off to do this thing. Uh, and uh, that is exactly what I got, I think, uh, which I was sort of very, very psyched for. Um, 
I guess we'll just do for first thoughts at this point. Is yeah, Jess, you should. Yeah, uh, you you know, take you, it. You've had the the most ref, uh, refreshed experience so far. So tell us what you know. You've just walked out of the movie. I literally just walked out of it. Okay, so how short do I have to keep this? As long as you want. You've you flown in from rules. Florida. Okay. You can do a three hour wow. podcast. Yeah, the doors like. open to the studio. There are no rules here. <laughs> yeah. Okay, here I come. Uh, no, okay. So first thoughts are, I I really didn't have a whole lot of like thought going into the movie like I think I saw the trailer once I don't have a kid and so like I'm yeah <laughs> headphones in um, <laughs> but I did whenever I did see it when I saw her run across the ocean I was like I'm in yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like I like the first one and she's like ocean sprinting so cool um, and then I yeah I was okay so I went at like a 215 showing so there were a lot of kids mm-hmm. which I like because yeah. I like read like feel in the room yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that was actually really interesting and I can talk about that later but it was I laughed a lot like I laughed out loud like genuine lols yeah and um, I also oop I watched it in 3d and oh. I don't normally like a 3d I did mm. it partly because of the time like I had no choice yeah and then partly <laughs> and then partly I, my friend and I were talking about this that I saw it with is like I don't mind 3d so much when it's an animated movie right yeah Sure. We've spoken about that a little bit yeah. on the show. Yeah. And it was really good in 3D. Like I've I kind of forgot it was 3D and then when I realized it was I was or whenever I like paid attention to it I was like this is really good 3D. Okay. Um and so yeah, I I liked it. I thought it was a really good mix of reflecting back kind of like a cultural and societal progress that we're making. Mm-hmm. Um and making it palatable for kids. And there were, I'll go ahead and, I said I was gonna say it later, but I'll say it now. Like, there was a moment, and I won't spoil or give away anything at this point, but there was a moment where a couple of like dark things happen, mm-hmm. and it immediately cued the room. Like, all the kids were just like, what happened? Like, <laughs> and they start asking questions. Mm-hmm. And then the genius thing that they do is every time there's a moment like that, either a lot of action or a song comes on. And so it kind of gives you, and especially like when it's a song, it's just like the kids maybe don't understand the song, Mm -hmm. but they understand the emotions of the song. And it's enough. It's enough to cease the questions to the parents and be like, okay, we're following. Like we're seeing, like you're following where the character is going at least. And so watching that in the context, like kind of like through kids' eyes because they were all around, that was really cool yeah because it's like i don't think you appreciate those things whenever you're just watching it alone or with other adults yeah but um i thought i loved it and so i won't take i won't <laughs> no i mean go well, on the theater going experience i tweeted this right after i got out of the out of the movie uh i wrote i basically <laughs> said uh frozen 2 the first film i've seen all year where no one checked their phone yeah, uh, and and I had a I had a theater of mostly adults, but some kids. I went and saw it at a Friday morning. It came out at ten a.m. Yeah, in RPX, not three D. Yeah, uh, also looked great, of course. Um, and it was just interesting because I like at first, like within like the first twenty or thirty minutes, I kind of realized because it's become so normal that no one's checked their phone, and, <laughs> yeah. and, and then I was just sort of like looking around, like you know, whenever there was a slow moment or like whatever, and no one did. Yeah, and I was like, this is. Cinema is saved now. Yeah. This, this is, I mean, there's something. Well, okay, no, okay. I mean, look, it's, it's, it, my experiment is flawed. Yeah, but but it's Your just sample size is flawed. Yeah, but but it's just interesting. I think, like for whatever reason, this is a movie that people was it parents pay attention with kids? to. No, it was a lot of adults without kids. I mean, okay. I went at 10 a.m. on a Friday. I don't know what everyone's life is if they all work from home like me or they just got they don't work Fridays or whatever the, the deal is. 
Um, and then some of them seemed like there was a bunch of excited kids as well because mm -hmm. obviously it's a big thing. I mean, Shahir, you even quoted this saying, uh, this was your son's Avengers. Oh, yeah, totally. This is my son's Avengers. So, like, <laughs> this is, like, it's a big deal for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, as far as the, the film itself goes... And, and my Irishman. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um... The, the I I really did enjoy the movie. Uh, I I have one or two like uh, specific plot points that I want to discuss later. The only thing I mean, look, acting's amazing, singing's awesome. Though, granted, I did I, I like your take, Jess, on the songs and their placement mm -hmm. and sort of why they exist to sort of give that sort of mm -hmm. decompression time or even like a, a longer, smoother explanation of something that one just could be a standard plot point in a film. Because I found a lot of them like Kristoff's song and Olaf's song mm -hmm. uh, a little bit like. Oh well, uh, like look at the watch. It's time for a song now. Yeah. Like, oh. it felt very like like Anna and Elsa's songs felt uh, like I don't know. Like they were driving plot. Yeah. Okay, I have another thought on this. Yes. Because and I welcome back to my psycho babble. No, um, do it. So there's there's something really profound I think in creating space for whenever. A, a traumatic event happens for people to name that mm -hmm. and that's kind of like the first stance on on dealing with things and i mean christoph's was his song was like was like a full like music video is what it felt like, oh, like it was in his imagination rock video. and i loved the style of it but in the moment but it, yeah. to me what that was doing is it's giving expression to something he's feeling and you don't necessarily get that from male characters in an animated movie and so he had it and Olaf had it and had it and what it was doing is it's they all had a point where they were giving expression to something that they were going through and then they went and dealt with that thing right and I thought that that was very that's a very healthy I think culturally thing to see Okay. Fair. I, I I will now slightly just. I think it's a cultural, uh, a helpful cultural thing to see. I don't know if they actually ever dealt with it. They definitely sang about it, but I don't know if eventually when the film ended, they definitely got from point A to point B. Point A being the problem that they sang about and whatnot. And you then can, you guys can be a bit specific as well. Like, what are we talking I feel, about? I know. Yeah. I feel like I'm dancing. Yeah, around you're it. dancing around. I'm stuff. dancing around it because no, right. no, but I don't think we're going to be spoiling anything if we can just say what the problem here is, sure. which is that Elsa, for example, is hearing a voice. She's remembering this memory from uh -huh. her parents. Uh, the 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 trauma of their parents' death is still hanging over Elsa and Anna. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, and there is this voice that is compelling Elsa to to explore further to this world. Then uh, um, the expression of that voice kind of manifests fist itself in Arendelle with uh, with a sort of uh, fire the and earth coming and in. the elements coming in and they and everyone has is forced to leave Arendelle and Elsa and Anna have to go and figure out why that is so yep. they they're yeah. set, they set off on an adventure into, to they to, go into the unknown into which the was unknown. her first song so she <laughs> sings about that then they go out into the unknown yeah Kristoff singing about pining <clears throat> after Anna because the, everything he's the whole movie he's just can I go? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so he's trying to propose to Anna. That's where we we kind of like pick back up. Is that they're still in a relationship? He's in love with her. He's trying to propose, and it just isn't working. And so he kind of has this meltdown and goes into a full song. But then he does do something about it in that he gets he he like goes he he still he goes he fights through it still pursues her and then ultimately does propose olaf is singing about um oh, the interesting okay here's as a whole olaf 
section in my notes (laughs) because there is one yeah yeah. there is one oh i thought that the interesting commentary that was happening with olaf was olaf had like in the first one you were talking about the whole the whole movie is just kind of like very oblivious he's like a child he's a child yeah and he is very articulate like an adult and acts like a child, which is what makes him hilarious. I yeah. took it as like teenage Groot almost. Like yeah. it's like he's like just realizing that he's there's more to just be, than just being happy all the time. Like world has complications. Yes. In the second movie. In the yeah. second movie. In the second yeah. so in the second movie, his song is the the what I quoted at the top of the show, which is it'll all make sense when I'm older. Yeah. And he is he so in the first movie in psychoanalysis they call it beautiful soul syndrome which is a developmental phase that kids go through in which they can't deal with their own darkness and so they start projecting it out and it's mm-hmm. just like everything's bad out there and i see the monsters and he in and i thought it was interesting so he doesn't deal with anything in the first movie second movie he's just like i think there's some nuance here i'm about to like realize yeah and he's like <laughs> dancing around and there's all these monsters around him and he's oblivious 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 and then he it sets up the fact that he's about to go into a growth spurt. And so instead of splitting the world into good and bad, which I think the whole movie does really well, no one there, they, there's an appreciation of nuance and he does the healthy option, which is to kind of like articulate that, like like he's giving a commentary on the growth that he's going through at the time and then experiences that growth because he has a moment with Anna where he's like um he's like I'm sensing anger when she, yeah. when she's mad and she's yeah. just like you're sensing anger and he's like no in, in my, myself yeah. my anger yeah. and then it's just like boom there it is like that's the beginning of little Olaf becoming yeah. like a big Olaf yeah yeah <laughs> i can see that uh <laughs> I think so. I, you might have talked out of my. You might have given me enough of a reason to not think that Olaf's journey is not sort of no. If it was going A to B to C, no B. Like that seems to me like that's like mm-hmm. Olaf as a song about you know he's, he's doing this thing, he experiences a thing, and then by the end of the movie, it is resolved into slightly older, more mature Olaf. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, Olaf experiences the most profound loss in this movie. Yes. Like, I mean, well, he is the most. Profound he is the most profound yeah. and experiences that he gets. He gets Thanos hard. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> um, I I got to be honest with you. I I was a little disappointed that he came back because I was like, uh, yeah. I was I was like, this is a really bold move to take to 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 uh, disperse with this character both figuratively and literally. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, that's a really that that to me was a po- point where I was like, oh, this this sequel is really going for it. Yeah. Um, but and- it doesn't quite stick with merchandising Mm. merchandising where the real money from the movie is made uh christoph's story i Mm. think again it's not supposed to be the point of the movie it's Mm -hmm. a it's a b plot at best Mm -hmm. but he does go from like legitimate i i was this is where i was at here in this moment like when he's singing about like he doesn't know where this is going he can't find the right moment to propose lost in the woods he's lost in the woods he uh very clearly in this film, there's nothing wrong with this, but Anna's main concern is Elsa, yeah. and that's fine. That's what it is. And and Kristoff is definitely, uh, you know, uh, uh, a side character in all this, even though you know he's trying to propose to someone he wants to be his wife, and you know, da da da. So he has this whole song about not knowing if like they're on the same path, and he's lost in the woods, right? Mm-hmm. And then the rest of the movie happens, and the rest of the movie is actually far more poignant, I think, than this. And then at the end, when he comes back, and like whatever. There's no resolution for him. Like he, oh, there, there is resolution, 
but he, I didn't see him get there. Like, he's just like, uh, you know, the, my love isn't fragile. And then, like, everything's okay, and he proposes, and, like, it's fine. Like, he's basically saying that it's okay, which is totally fine to say that, that, like, he's sort of second banana. But I never saw him, like, he sang about how that really hurt him, and then all of a sudden he was fine with it. I... Uh, to jump in, I don't think it was a case that he was hurt by that. He was he was on because he kept failing at proposing to her, right? Yes. Like his big thing was that he kept on bringing up death and you know and hardship and stuff when he should be proposing, and he didn't know how to do it very well. Yeah. And what he was concerned about most was that he was losing the ability to, to express to Anna that how much she meant to him, and he was worried that he was never going to be able to do it. Mm-hmm. So by the end of the movie, he does it. Yeah. Oh, so see, I, I took it a different direction. Yeah. I took it as because the journey, the move, the, the journey that the movie was showing me mm-hmm. was them just splitting apart like mm. I, I Anna and and and, and Christoph because huh. I was like oh well like like mm. no. I, that's no. how I took it <laughs> no Jason and I are both like nodding in disagreement no. <laughs> like shaking out in disagreement I was like no they didn't take it that way uh, well I, that, that's okay yeah. I mean uh the, the direction that I took it was like oh well like because literally the entire plot of the movie Chris between Christoph's bumbling and mm. the plot of the movie it seems as though their lives are not aligned he sings about it he, he sings about how their lines. He's not sure if they're on the same path. He literally says those words in the song. I, but I think he was singing about the fact that he keeps fail, failing at, at the propo- engagement. At, at proposing. Yeah. Look, I, like, write us in onlymoviepodcast.com. I doubt I'm the only one that got this read. I'm not saying it's the correct read. <laughs> You're the it's only just one in the room read. right now. Sure. But but to to be fair, there is a point where he's he seems disappointed at the fact that she left without him, but he's not sure how that happened. Well, that's what strikes. That's what turns on the song. He's like, they, like he. I took that as sort of like him. But he he just turns he turns back up. With, you know, like I, I don't like when he reappears. It seems entirely fitting to his narrative. It seems entirely fitting to the narrative of a film. But and 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 his showing up in from like a, the pure action of it. Yes, a hundred percent. It's just like he seemed really troubled about something, and then all of a sudden he was fine. I like the fact that he is sick and banana. I do too. Like like, like that in in a classic. Disney movie, he would be like, he would have this 100%. heroic moment, and it's not, but it's not about him. hundred percent. But I would, I, like I would almost rather him. not have that plot at all. Like, I, I, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it, it, it didn't deliver on what I thought it was, or, or on where it was. No, it, I guess it didn't show me the path. Which again, not huge on this story, but it was just one thing I noticed where I was like, oh, because everything else in this film, I think, as we'll get to, is highly developed so much. In fact, I even feel like and. Tell me if you felt this way. The beginning and the end of this film, the pacing seems very fast. Like, I, I, like it seems like they were real interested in getting them on this adventure, and they're like, "Let's go, let's go, let's go." And like, then once it got to like them leaving Arendelle, mm-hmm. it like had a real nice pace to mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. But I felt like, uh, other than the, I, which I did really like the charades part in the beginning when right. they're all sort of like hanging out in the palace and like playing family games. That yeah. was very cute. Um, I don't know. So uh, I haven't uh, chimed in with uh, what I thought of the movie yet. So, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, no, 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 it's okay. It's okay. Uh, because there's two. There's I, I have dual experiences of this movie, mm-hmm. which is one that I had to take my son to it, and I'm very excited that my son, you know, wants to see this movie. It's mm-hmm. his Avengers. It is, you know, the thing. You know, we talked about it all week. Whenever he was being a real shitbag this week, I was like, <laughs> I was like, well, I guess we're not going to Frozen, you know, so I can really hang that over his head because mm-hmm. you know, being the the <laughs> terrible parent I no, am, that's an efficient parent. <laughs> um, but um, but so I was really excited. To basically go to the film to experience, it, you know, to experience it through his eyes, and I and I think I I gathered uh, that experience that I think parents have with their kids' movies sometimes, which is that mm-hmm. on the you know you can be indifferent to the movie but excited for my oh, child yeah. to yeah. experience the movie. So like to be fair, 
Frozen one, uh, I didn't see until I had a child. Um, oh, wow. and, and you know, I we only saw it, it was like maybe the second or third movie he's seen, or maybe the second, but it was the movie that he responded to the most. What was the so what was the onus of showing him that film as one of the few? Uh, we to be fair, we what we do is we look at uh, common sense media and we look at the content of the film mm-hmm. and we try to avoid we we know we want him to be engaged with things that are popular amongst his friends, but we try to find things that don't, for example, engage in gunplay or right. have like really strong senses of moral good and bad. You know, we want him to to it, it may be just a little bit we're we're a little bit pedantic about this, but we kind of just want him to like embrace. Uh, pleasure um, in in these things without having to like without like identifying this is good and this is bad yeah. because I think that can be really problematic at, especially yeah. like one thing I know you know from teaching film studies and media studies is that the symbolic in the case of Disney can become the literal for children yeah yes. so you want to really be careful about splitting is what it's called yeah yeah, yeah you know like yeah exactly goodies and baddies yeah. exactly so you kind of you kind of want to just be careful about that so yeah. I'm I'm and I think that's super smart I think that's a fucking awesome way to take it and Frozen has a kind of like moral gray area in it yeah. that's kind of that's well balanced there's no mm-hmm. sense of like what is good what is bad um, I think it plays you know well in that we, we think the same of uh, Toy Story as well mm-hmm. um so he loves it. He loves the songs. He sings about it. He dresses up as Elsa every now and again. Uh, he has Olaf as a as a cuddly toy. Um, you know, it, as far for for a long period of time, it was essentially the only music he wanted to hear. You know, like and it was the only movie he wanted to hear uh, to watch. Um, so I was excited to see it from that point of view. I think as a as a parent. Uh, he actually got scared during the movie quite a lot, and mm-hmm. and at points wanted to leave, um, just just because you know, like I think um, there's also a, a tolerance level with uh, little kids in movies yeah. as well. Sometimes yeah. they're just not in the mood to sit there for an hour, and sometimes they are. It know? was also dark, dark, dark. Like yeah. it wasn't just like one bad thing happened. Yeah. It's like. Elsa freezes and then Olaf dies yeah. and it's just like and then Elsa's <laughs> and then Anna's crying yeah. and it, like that was the point that I was talking about where the kids were just like um I have questions I have questions about this yeah, yeah. <laughs> at one point Elsa seems to like die yeah. Yeah. yeah but but the thing so as a parent uh or uh, you know watching it through my child's eyes I think uh, he even says this, and we'll play his podcast version of this, you know, the podcast within the podcast uh-huh. later about what he thinks of this movie. But he enjoys Frozen one more, um, and and I think to, I don't know if I, I I get to the same point, but not for the same reason. And I think for me the same, the reason being is that Frozen two for me does feel a little bit like sequelitis, which is that it does feel like we have a we we want to take these characters on a journey rather than we have a journey that these characters need to go on. Mm-hmm. And 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 that's fine. I think actually this film does really really well in those terms, but I but to to come back to that point of like who's your most interesting character? For me, Olaf is the most interesting character because he seems the most changed from the first movie. He has this sort of sense of like the world is different than the, than the yeah. way I think about it. Yeah. So when he comes back in, he's actually got a different point of view in this film than what he'd had in the previous film. He seems to have grown a little bit. Everyone seems to have sort of kept the status quo and eventually they all kind of end up back in the same place and I think that the film actually does an effective journey on that but the the one thing that I was really struck by in this film that I thought actually really worked well and it made me think of another Disney owned film mm-hmm. which was Thor Ragnarok okay oh, and in terms a of a great movie yeah well just thinking about the way Asgard is treated 
in uh, in Thor Ragnarok. And this idea, the 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 thing that sort of struck me most about this movie is it is a it if if it has anything to say about culture that we live in right now, it is a reckoning with the past, mm-hmm. yes. and it is the reckoning of like the atrocities of our past. Mm-hmm. And Arendelle in this film mm-hmm. becomes uh, the byproduct of a of an atrocity which they had which the children of this gener- generation have to deal with. Yes, and and in many ways, I thought. That was kind of an interesting. It's it's not the focus of the film, mm-hmm. and in fact, Elsa. The the maybe if there's if I have any criticism of it is Elsa's journey doesn't really have to do with reckoning with what happened to the Northundra 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 people. Mm-hmm. But the the story of the Northundra people and the Arendalian people and what happened to them and essentially. Yeah. The uh, the the Arendelle people having to realize that that their um, prosperity prosperity is based upon the atrocity that their uh, forefathers yeah. have committed, and then having to reckon with that. Yeah, I, I think you know, and again, that's kind of what uh, Thor Ragnarok is about as well. I think that was a really effective thread in this film, and it's that subtle thread that that I don't you know I don't necessarily think kids are going to deal with. But there was an interesting thing when I had a conversation with my son about this film, yeah. which was that he really had, he was like, oh, the Northunder were really scary and that sort of thing, and I was like, oh, that's that interesting thing that I think happens when um, films like this deal Mm -hmm. with native peoples, Mm -hmm. you know, like they tend to be played as somewhat scary. And I I don't know if his reading of it is right, like he's four years old, what are you going to do? But I think, you know, like if anything, I would have loved if this film was really invested in the idea of essentially... In a catch-all phrase, reparations. That's Mm -hmm. what this film kind of is really dealing with. It kind of does in the world of Frozen, though. A little bit. And And by that, I mean just the dam and the waters and letting the place become a livable land again. Like, granted, no one's getting actual reparations, but there is, is like, um, you know... uh, analogies to that. Yeah, I think it's this... And, and, you know, again, it's what Thor Ragnarok does is this idea Mm -hmm. that there is a a reckoning with the past. If if the film was, like, really... Committed to that idea. I don't know if that would play as a kids' film, and I, you know, like sure. I'm not suggesting that, but I, but I think as an adult, that was the takeaway that I got from it, which I thought was actually sort of really interesting to to think about. Yeah, I thought that that, and I had written that something. I I really appreciated that also, and I had because I kind of themed this movie out into a couple of different buckets, which was I think it's about like gaining wisdom and growth and progress and hope and what stuck out to me when you said that is like there's we're in an age now of like where there's a former version of hope that we that we used to believe which was that hope is placed in the future is that everything Mm. like at one point like things will be great like (laughs) by the by well there's a there's a there's a red cap that kind of really identifies what you're talking about yeah and then there's a new and what's come out of that freaking apocalypse (laughs) is like there's a new breed of hope that we're all kind of dealing with now that like Anna in a very obvious way and like I know they said that they're doing it together because they reiterated that at the end it's like well you did it no you did it and it's like we did it yeah but it's this new hope where it's just like it's in the now and you gotta put your shoulder up to the wheel of history and push 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 yeah and she takes that moment with where she she cries it out in her song and then she goes to the scary earth giants and it's just like we have to destroy this dam. Yeah, Anna realize a- yeah. Anna makes that choice. Yes. Elsa doesn't. Yeah. Well, Elsa Elsa doesn't realize that that choice is is tantamount to what 
is going to save everybody. She sends that little like yeah. snowflake to Anna she, to show yeah, you're her. Right, yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah. And then they come back together in hopes that like it's yeah. kind of like, and then she says Anna because it's kind of like, well, I'm freezing yeah. into a stone block. And so yeah. you have to kind of like take it from here. And then the other thing was just like standing firm in the midst of an event which um and the reason i say apocalypse is because like in theology it's called like an apocalypse it's like it's Mm. a recurring thing that like no one plans that just kind of like happens and turns everything topsy-turvy and so there's a cadence of orientation disorientation and then reorientation ragnarok if you will Yeah. yeah and so in the very beginning everything's great and then yeah, like it does kind of like take off pretty fast. And then as things kind of like start to go down, the part of like standing firm is like when you name it, yeah. which I think that each kind of character like went through and did that. It's like, let me give expression to this. And that's a healthy way to do it and, it, and to like to embrace nuance and then the unhealthy thing to do, which is kind of like of the former way that you, I think you would see in a, pre, a previous like Disney movie is the splitting is when mm. you break it off into goodies and baddies and, mm. and you're good, we're bad. And now we're going to, and there will be a war. Yeah. And in this movie, there was no war. Yeah. And there's like, I forget his name, but there's like this Irish comedian that like says, and I thought this was like really profound, but he says, War is the absence of conflict because it's basically when you get to a point where like you can no longer have conflictive language where it's just like, I'm just going to kill you. Right. And that doesn't, I thought that that was very, very profound in this movie that they don't take it there. It's just like everyone deals with everything in a very healthy way. Right. And I mean, I, again, like, it's just like, it's kind of reflecting back like where we're trying to take everything into and to to show these kind of things to our kids and it changes the narrative and i thought that there was a very very healthy way in dealing with everything and then they eventually journey back into reorientation with they've kind of like righted wrongs of they've right they've, they've re- yeah righted wrongs of history but they, i guess the only the 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 sort of interesting question which i don't think you know the film needs to uh, again, if it is, it is a children's movie, and I'm, mm. I'm sort of curious how what's the most effective way to play this out. But it, mm. if it, it seems, ostensibly the film kind of steps into um, a sort of ideological position on like how do we reckon with the past? Yeah, and you know the way. Or Ragnarok, for example, deals with the past is like saying we need to, you know, the, our world needs to be blown up as we understand it. It yeah. needs to change completely. And for this film, ultimately, they make that sacrifice, but without con- without the kind of consequence that we're thinking about. And that's that sort of thing where Olaf comes back, Arendelle is mm-hmm. saved, you know, Mar- the world continues as we know and understand it. And that's... There is no sacrifice. Real. I mean, there's sacrifice, but no no permanent uh, cost. There's no reparations. Yeah. Is the is the thing. There's no there's no reparations for the crimes of the past. Arendelle does not have anything happen to it poorly. It's just we fixed what happened to the Northundrans. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is it's, at no cost to Arendelle. Which is slightly. It's it's it's, I, it's idealistic, sure. and it, I mean, we hope that that is, uh, essentially that that is the way we could deal with the past, you yeah. know, today. Yeah, it's not quite how I would imagine it, but again, can't bring people back to life. Can't bring big well, well, Elsa can. Elsa yeah. can create people. Uh, yeah, yes. you also true. can't stop natural disasters with a giant ice wall yeah. uh, coming at you as the literal and figurative punishment for your people. Being <laughs> and, like, I guess, nope. I guess it would have been beautiful. I think if if 
Arendelle, because we, we essentially they removed everyone from Arendelle. If Arendelle had fell, yep. if, mm-hmm. if the entire walls of Arendelle had completely fallen and the Northundra people came to rebuild Arendelle with the Arendellians or, mm-hmm. you know, yep. like if, if, if basically the, the harmonium that this film is kind of suggesting needs to be in play, like mm-hmm. towards the end, the Northundrians just sort of end up in their own world, you know, like, yeah, and, one and, that's and, free Arend- now, but yeah. And, yeah, and the Arendelle, Elsa. yeah, and yeah, the Arendelle, yeah. you know, like they, they, they sort of, they're split in ways that sort of reminds us where, and the, the interesting thing is, I guess the, the thing that I think will be explored in the third movie is the lineage of who's. Anna's parents versus who's Elsa's parents. Like, because it seems like Elsa has been bestowed with this magical gift because she is part Northundrian, part uh, Arendellian. Yep. And Anna has not. Anna, well, we don't know. Because it's so, like, is yeah. that maybe the third movie? Is that that's she what discovers I think that, yeah. she has powers after all? Yeah, and I think that would be an interesting sort of... like I mean, cause that's Like, when you watch the first movie, I was like, oh, I am curious by the question of what happened to Anna's, uh, to their parents. And the second movie, I'm like, I'm curious by what is the lineage of these of these, of these two characters. Mm-hmm. I mean, I took it just from a, from a narrative perspective of, of why Elsa has powers and Anna doesn't is because Elsa was the thing that needed to bring harmony. Like, she's the... <laughs> For lack of a better term, she's the fifth element. Um, that basically, and then like once that was there, then they like the magic of that sort of thing wasn't like need like that's not gonna it's it's already out there. Yeah. Um, one thing, um, Shahir, that you said, and actually Jess, you sort of reiterated on it and took a little bit further was the idea of this goes a little bit back, but I'm gonna tie it back to sort of Elsa's story in general. Uh, the idea that in Disney films, oftentimes, and, and uh, please correct me, Shear, you said something along the lines of oftentimes uh, the subtext is the thing that is remembered beyond like the generalized plot. Or you said something mm. along those lines where it's like the thing that the community of viewers, that, mm. that the, the society, if you will, takes from a movie becomes what that movie is actually doing or representing more so than the text text. Yeah. Right? Uh, which which sort of brings me to um, I, I had a question about this because uh, Elsa's journey in this obviously doubles, triples, quadruples down on the sort of um, self discovery, uh, hearing a voice inside of you, knowing that you're not where or who you're supposed to be, and going out on a journey of self discovery. Granted, mm-hmm. I don't think it, like you said, here does match up entirely well with the with the with the political plot. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I, I wanted your opinion sort of on, I, I think, and I don't know if this is good or bad, I can't speak to it because this isn't something that I've ever had to deal with, but there is sort of the idea that uh, Elsa is and should be represented as homosexual. Yeah, and and the question is like whether her, um, whether she will be, I guess granted is the wrong word, but whether the film will embrace that idea uh, fully as it as it casually does with Anna and yes you know? and and mm-hmm. Disney has a way of sort of like really like I mean this movie goes beyond subtext I think even in this direction but it never goes the full amount so it's kind of having it's like kind of having it sort of cake and eating it too it's being mm-hmm. woke but not being so woke that would upset anybody mm-hmm. <laughs> if that makes any sense mm-hmm. yeah um, and I was wondering if you if so at first I was a little bit upset by that like i was like just just go like you know this you know this character like this is what it you, this is what you're telling us in the yeah. subtext and the the above subtext yeah. like let's just let it go disney let's just let's just do it um but then she hear what you did say really did strike me it's like 
I'm of two minds. Is it will it be more effective in the long run for human beings watching this film to not have it just be like boom done, or was that a better message? Like I don't I, know. I don't know. I have a thought because like I it actually didn't even occur to me until this conversation because I thought I truly have thought that they're just playing her as asexual mm -hmm. that you that she doesn't you don't have to sexualize that character at all yeah fair yeah you know yeah and and I think to that point you have to you have to really think about who the audience is so in um one thing that we used to do uh, in film studies was talk about how films can be interpreted by different audiences in different ways. Yeah. And, you know, the example that we always bring up is uh, The Wizard of Oz. The Wizard mm -hmm. of Oz has been, you know, claimed very aptly as a, a, a homosexual film. Um, and, you know, like, it's really interesting to watch it through that lens. Mm -hmm. and, the, and the idea there isn't saying that uh, a film has to be one thing or another. Right. It's the way it's interpreted and, mm -hmm. and claimed and, and how does a film travel through culture. And, and I think... The first film, you know, kind of does that inherently. Now, the, the the problem that doing this kind of reading is is that fundamentally, what we're saying is heterosexual heterosexuality is normalized, whereas mm. homosexuality is abnormalized because we don't we don't uh, use it in a shorthand like mm -hmm. we do heterosexuality. You know, like Anna yeah. Anna's right, right, sexuality right. is a given. We kind of just yeah. embrace it. We don't really say much about it. It's you know, Anna and Christoph are going to get married and yada yada yada. Yeah. Um. And so I think the question of whether we should just do it or not really has to do with where you come from as an audience. Mm -hmm. um, and there's, there's two, uh, a sort of school of thought about this is that ultimately the film is heteronormative. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, yeah. And, and, and the, the, the sort of uh, homosexual uh, idea underneath it is subtext. And, and the problem with that is that it reinforces the idea of heteronormativity. Right. And the, interesting. The, yeah. And the problem, the, the, but the, here's the thing that I think is uh, interesting about that now as a parent is that I would want my son to see Elsa as a fully formed woman who can have relationships with other women mm -hmm. and not for it to feel weird. Because yeah. at this age, my son is not biased. Yeah. Right. He doesn't care. Yeah. You know, like he just doesn't care. Right. If if you know, like if if you say that this person has two moms, he's like, cool. Yeah. You know, if this person has two dads, cool. And if Elsa had a relationship with another woman in this film, and it was never, you know, and it was dealt with as casually as as Anna's relationship yep. is with Kristoff. Yeah, then he would be like, "Cool," you right. know what I mean? And 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 the the problem that we get into is that is that the audience that we're actually trying to uh, placate in this is adults who aren't willing to deal with that. But isn't it also it, definitely? But yeah. isn't it also something where, like, in order to get to a place where mm -hmm. more adults are like cool mm -hmm. i think it's important to show all walks of life uh, uh, you know in, in as much media as possible and, and this is where i get sort of wrapped up in it because do i think that elsa needs to have her sexual orientation front and center in this movie absolutely not uh because it's it's not about her finding uh a, a, another person a partner right yeah um it's about sort of finding herself, but there is that subtext. And so I always go back. I always go back and forth between like, yes, I think this movie services the story it is trying to tell in a correct narrative sense. But also then I go back to the weird, like, uh, you know, the mouse is, is, is from a corporate, from a corporate standpoint outside of the film from like just societal stuff. Mm -hmm. It's, it's dancing around a thing that it knows will, will 
help it be profitable mm-hmm. without doing what I would cons- what I would consider. And this is just a personal thing. The the culturally responsible at this point thing to do, or maybe even uh, uh, that might be the wrong wording, but like the thing that might better society more. Mm-hmm. Like even if like if again. Kids aren't going to think one way or the other when they're that young. Mm-hmm. But if we, if if a corporation like Disney with a property like Frozen, mm-hmm. literally just and did something that it's already doing anyway, but yeah. just wrote it in a way that was like, "Yep, this is it." And guess what? This is normal because you said it yourself, mm-hmm. Shir. It's a super heteronormative film. Yeah. But if they did something like that, and if we kept doing things like that in places, homosexual homosexuality, any sort of shade of the spectrum, right? Asexuality, like. Mm-hmm. I think that that would do a lot of cultural good. So I always do fall back and forth on like, okay, yes, individual story of the film. There's one aspect of it. But then there's that corporate thing where it feels like they want to have it a little bit both ways. And yeah. and, 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 and I don't know where I can land with that. Again, I, I'm sorry. I, this is a sort of a larger conversation. Yeah. But I, I wanted to bring it up because overall, I really like this film. Yeah. Um. But it got me questioning a lot of things in that vein, especially when you're dealing with a company as large as Disney. I mean, mm. they're doing some good stuff too. Mm. Um, the first Frozen, I don't know if you remember this, the song in the very beginning, or like the the it was a the hey uh, yeah yeah, uh, yeah hey, which is uh, the I'm yeah. trying to remember the name of the 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 people that they took that from the, the, the no 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 the, but no the the Siam or the Sami. Sorry, this is a real culture. So okay. in. in in uh, I want to say in Scandinavian culture, there's a, a culture called. I don't, please forgive me if I'm if I'm butchering this. Is the Sami? It's almost like, um, and and the Scandinavians kind of did what we sort of did. I think, and correct me if I'm wrong. Only movie podcast at gmail.com, What we did as Americans <laughs> to the Native Americans. Yeah, and um, so they took even in Frozen One tunes from some of their native songs and just integrated it, and they came back being like, uh. Well, hold on. Some people had a problem with it. Some didn't. Some some of the Sami saw it as like, oh, like this is some people getting some of our culture out there and whatever. In Frozen 2, they actually went to Disney and asked them to sign a contract. Mm-hmm. Uh, just sort of like basically saying like they own their culture. Yeah. Uh, they, they need to get something for their culture. They also want like they had like a bunch of like higher and lower sort of things in this contract about like it's going to be dubbed in their language and there's going to be outreach programs to learn more about it and it mm. can't all be like whitewashed everything and like this, the, that, Disney had the same issue with Moana. Yeah. They, they had a lot of uh, they had to they had to basically dub the film in in uh, in original languages. Yeah. And it's funny because like they go in, the people that are part of this, it's called the Vedic Advisory Group, I think. <laughs> they basically were saying like, this is a good example of how a big international company like Disney acknowledges the fact that we own our culture and our stories and this hasn't happened before. Yeah. And I thought that was awesome. Mm-hmm. But then in talking to people about it, like I, I read it, I was on a train, I was talking to some folks and then they're like, well, yeah, but that's just Disney you know, trying to get out in front of a of a thing, and I was like, "Yes, but also it's a good thing." Like, yeah. th- it's like Disney <laughs> is not known for its. Uh, uh, <laughs> Disney just appropriates a lot of shit, mm. and but like I see this as at least a good like a far too late step, but at least it's a step. Yeah, like it. So you can come down on two things. Like one. Disney's just doing it to get their ass out of a fire before it gets into it, and right. they're still going to make way more money than these people will. But two. On the other side, at least this is a conversation that is now actually happening after far too long with a thing. So, like, again, it goes back to that sort of, like, good and bad when Two something – forward, one step back. When something yeah. is, is this big. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, I don't know. I uh, sorry. I've been rambling. No, I just, that that's was on my good. Head. That's good. That's good. Um, yeah. I don't know. The other thing that I was thinking was because I don't know where they're gonna take because they're planning on a third one. I assume. Oh yeah. Because yeah. they <laughs> yeah. are fully franchising this. I mean, of course. the so the first one was felt like a hero's journey, which mm-hmm. we talked about on in Beauty and the Beast. It's like when you go out into the world, step away, um, and and come back whereas like a heroine's journey is where you go deep inside yourself and so it felt like the first one was a hero's journey second one is a heroine's journey so i'm curious what they do with the third one yeah it's it's an ongoing narrative and it's yeah and again for me the sort of interesting thing is just like uh, because because ostensibly uh, my interest in this film has to do with how it uh, transmits ideas about the world to my son. Yes, yeah. that, that's that's primarily what I'm interested in, yeah. in these films for. And so, I know first and foremost, it's uh, a property, for example, that he's mm-hmm. already engaged with, so they can tell stories and get his attention. Um, and I know that uh, that it has a lot of interesting ideas in it that are subtext and text. Yeah. Um, to that point about heteronormat- uh, being heteronormative, mm-hmm. uh, there's an article uh, from Vox which quotes uh, a paper that was written by uh, Angela Daniel Matos from San Diego University who studies the intersection of queer narratives and children's literature. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Angel, sorry. So I'm not sure if Angel is male, female, or inter um, uh, or non-binary. Um, uh, Matos wrote, Queen Elsa is approached by some viewers as a, que- as a queer or gay character not only because she doesn't engage in romantic relationships in the film, but also because she is forced by her parents to suppress and hide the powers that she is born with. Mm. Although the movie implies that the her parents desperately try to conceal Elsa's powers because of the danger that they impose to herself and to others, this does not justify the degree to which that they prevent Elsa from having any human contact whatsoever. Furthermore, the fact that Elsa's parents views uh, Elsa's parents view suppression and isolation as solutions further emphasize the notion of the infamous queer closet. Mm-hmm. And I think the 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 powerful thing about interpretive discourse the way that people watch movies mm-hmm. is that uh is that you can interpret movies in any way so the you know queer community uh, the intersex community the, the the trans community can interpret uh, is free to interpret frozen in any way they want and claim it as as a as a queer right. film that however um doesn't it, it still embeds with, within it this heteronormative aspect and i think and i think to your point you know, to, to to sort of sum up my my feelings about the film is that I I felt like the film was like one foot in the right direction, but not fully committing to it. Yeah, right. yeah, same. And both both in the sort of, um, in, both in the sort of interplay of sexuality and characters. Yep. Uh, and secondly, in the way it deals with the uh, a reckoning of the past. Yep. You know, it's sort of like it's an it's 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 using those ideas in an interesting way, but yeah. not fully committing to them. Um, but but I'm also I'm I'm just very. I'm of two minds for this. I'm very aware that this is a children's film. Yes. Mm-hmm. And and that's not to suggest that children's films can't deal with complicated subjects. Right. Um, and this one deals with a lot of them. Like, yeah. yeah like. And, and, and not to say that children's films uh, can't be revolutionary or, you know, powerful uh, in in that in that way. So I'm sort of, uh, I myself am like one foot in on yeah. this film <laughs> and yeah. not fully committed. This is not, my, my son didn't love this film as much as he loved the first. Yeah. Um, you know, he still and, and I, you know maybe that also comes down to just the catchiness of the songs you know yeah. like the catch the I, I feel like this film is 
part and part of 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 trying to embrace the success of that first film because the the Frozen was a surprise success. It wasn't mm-hmm. like uh, it wasn't intended to be as phenomenal as it was. You know, parents weren't expecting that this song would yeah. be yeah. the anthem of their of their children's childhoods. Yeah. Um, and and it does feel like you know we're 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 attempting to move forward with this film, but it's sort of you know half in the bag kind of thing. Uh, and but I'm curious as to what they do with it. I'm I'm interested to see what they do with it because you know not not least withstanding that it's still for the most part an original property. You know, like it is at this point still you know it's not a franchise that has been you know born out in like nine or so films or something we've seen before. It's a young property. It's a very yeah, young property, yeah. and I'm like and I, I would love if it kind of like really embrace the idea that we can like change the world yeah. and really do something big with it and I would love my son to see that film and, and like and yeah up. and have that feeling of like man yeah. the world isn't what I, what, I, what I thought it was and it can be so much more yeah. well you know what's interesting because it is a young property it could get there probably too slow but it still could get there because think about like if 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 chipping away is sort of like you know as kids uh, kids your son's age are growing up and f- we're going to be on like frozen 5 or something or 6 or whatever when they're of working age and then some of them go into the entertainment industry some of the stuff that they might have taken from that they want to even do sort of heavier like i say heavier handed like it's a bad thing but like more overtly more of the things you just described Shahir, then maybe it will get to that point whereas something along the lines of uh, anything, any of these franchises, any of these—I mean, the other princess characters that have been around forever, though many of them have not been franchised, mm-hmm. though reboots and you know things mm-hmm. like that in the popular culture. Um, I mean, we c- can we do princess movies now after Rick at Ralph too? Well, there is talk. There, have you heard this? <laughs> the 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 princess universe, the yeah. princess Avengers esque thing, uh, which you know is going to happen. Oh, okay. So there used to be a theory floating around mm-hmm. that the parents, their ship that that sank mm-hmm. that that is the sunken ship in the southern seas in the little mermaid yes but ah. then we dealt with that in this movie and it was just like oh it wasn't that after <laughs> all it, it was like oh they're gonna start connecting them all wait are we suggesting that the parents sunk to the bottom of the ocean and had another kid no no <laughs> no no, no. The, the ariel whenever she's exploring a ship that that's the ship that she's exploring and so, there were all these little easter eggs where people were like pulling things like ooh, 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 it could be that i think there's going to there is a hundred percent going to be a princess crossover movie and there's and they're going to do it one of two ways i think they're either going to make it so the entire like the disney world is the disney world no mm-hmm. pun intended like mm-hmm. these are all different countries and continents and places and things mm-hmm. that exist on one plane of existence or They'll do a multiverse thing. Yeah. Um, but I do, and I weirdly think, I, 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 this seems the most logical to me, that when they do a Frozen 3, that will be them dipping their toe into whatever crossover stuff that they do it with. Like, that that will be them bringing the other princesses or other sort of franchises sort of a bit more together. It seems like the natural mm-hmm. spot. They already franchise, like, if you go to the Disney store, there's... I mean, all kinds of merchandise with all of the princes on it anyway. Like yeah. they all re- you can tell they wanted that to be a thing. I mean, they've yeah. seen what Marvel, <laughs> and then what they did with Marvel, they yeah. could do it other places. No, but yeah. I, you know, like for me, for example, when I saw Moana, which I think is sort of a, a pretty good movie, you know, mm-hmm. like I quite enjoyed it, but it, like to just see 
um, again, symbolically placed iconography from where I grew up. Yep. Yeah. You know, like, and just and yeah. hearing songs that sounded like the songs I knew growing yeah. up, you know, like it was powerful. Yeah. And it is really powerful. It's that thing where, like, you know, and you, you said, he's, I mean, I'm presuming that you identified with Elsa because she kind of looks like you. You know, like, <laughs> you know, a little bit. Yeah. And, yeah. And I think that that's. Well, then what about me, Shakira? Well, yeah. I mean, you're definitely an Olaf. Um, <laughs> he's got Sven in front of him, and yeah, he was no, really feeling Sven. Sven. Yeah, you maybe. I like Sven. Look. Maybe I would say I'm, I'm more Sven, but I would rather be Elsa. <laughs> Sven at least got to speak in this, but Sven, Sven got to sing. Sven feels like uh, he's like the smartest person in the room, but yeah. doesn't have, doesn't have a voice. Doesn't but get the voice yeah, to say it. Yeah, but he is like the smartest person in the room. He knows. He, he figured this all out right before they left. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is Sven? If Sven is a boy. I'm Again? guessing Sven is a male reindeer. Uh, I don't in know. In Kristoff's head, yes. In, in Kristoff's mind, yes. yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, because Kristoff has the agency to assign a name and, yeah, yeah. and whatever he wants to because he speaks for him. Yeah. But I don't know. Going back to progress, like I think that, I mean, it's like we experience this like on personal levels too. It's, it's like you have a yearning. We all live in between who we are and who we want to be. Yeah. And so it's like the personal is communal, the communal is political, and that's how this whole thing turns over and over again is like we are all trying it's like we all want the progress to be now yeah <laughs> you know we I, want it to be right now I remember for our generation i recall uh barack obama in an interview with mark maron mm. uh you know the mark maron podcast where yep. he talked he he talked about like his stewardship of america in the eight years that he had and he said the issue is is that yes everyone wants progress now yeah but he said america's not uh uh america can't turn on a dime mm. it's like a freighter ship you yeah. know you can only turn it two degrees at a time yeah and then hope that the way you know it doesn't crash into something and hope that the waves, don't, the tide doesn't turn against it, and I think like you know Disney media, everything that we're kind of dealing yeah. with is, is is in that way. It's like if you we live in a reality where where Disney exists and Disney is the biggest conglomerate on the planet. It mm -hmm. owns Fox. You know, like it is the it is competing on a level that few. Uh, entities will ever get to the size of, and we have to deal with it. So what we can do, and we we can't turn it overnight because. That's just not what it is. It's a freighter, yeah. not a not a not a um, not a drift racer. You know what's yeah. interesting though? This is the thing. Disney is one of the few things that actually, if they cared about this type of thing, if they if if the corporation itself had a mandate of like bettering the world, and that, that doesn't make money, so it's not going to do that. I'm not even slighting them for it. But they could, they could turn on a dime. They could do. They could come out say that they don't agree with a lot of their old stuff. They could come and do a bunch of different stories from other different walks of life, places, cultures, things, sexualities, it, it, it genders, everything, right? Mm. Or non-genders. They, they, could, they could do that. They would take a monetary hit from all of the people that aren't ready for it. Mm -hmm. But just like any outrage... And this is this is like using uh, societal group thinking to our advantage. Just like any outrage, if the product is still awesome... People are gonna still buy into it, yeah. And it's but it's like, so like for instance, Disney would not die. Mm. Disney would 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 take a hit and keep moving and and keep growing if they did it. But it's it would cut into many people's bottom lines, and it would be a more difficult path. And they choose not to do it. Like I can't think of another group that it that that outside of a government mm -hmm. that could actually do that, survive, and still thrive. Uh, and again, it's far more complex than I've just laid out. But they could. 
yeah. and I, they would not. Disney would not die. <laughs> like Disney's not going anywhere, no matter what. Whether they do something incredibly terrible, or they like they have done some stuff in the past, or incredibly benevolent, and 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 that rubs a ton of people the wrong way. Disney's going nowhere, so they could. They could invent the new ship tanker engine and just drift race all the way to progress if they wanted. Uh, and I, I'm, I don't want to suggest that they're not, you know, thinking about that uh, even in small iterations. I think, you know, you know, Disney's too big an organization to think that it's a monolith. You know, it's made mm -hmm. up of so many individual little groups yeah. that that I, you know, I think it is thinking about where, it, you know, what its place is in the culture. I think Bob Iger just recently did a talk um, for Masterclass where he's essentially talking about, like, you know, what his role is, is stewardship of this giant ship. <laughs> yeah. You know? And, and they're still trying to breathe life back into animation, I think. Yeah. yeah. Apart, yeah, from, yeah. apart from Pixar. Yeah. Yeah. yeah into hand-drawn animation. It, that, actually, you know, just side note, this is an interesting thing because this film is not a Pixar movie, but it's had kind of the most success out of outside of the Pixar it, universe. Yeah. It's been so successful, we all kind of attribute it yeah. as a Pixar movie and it's not. It's not a Pixar like, movie. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think uh, I think uh, uh, if Disney has the power to do good in the world, that would be a great thing. And this film demonstrates there is at least an inkling to that to, to that idea and we hope it is. And you know, I still like going to Disney World mm -hmm. and I still like that, you know, Disney World um, or even, you know, if you think about what Disney Plus is, um, is a place that is safe for children. Mm -hmm. You know, I like that idea. Mm -hmm. yeah. Now, I think, could that idea be brought in so it's safer for more children or a, a, a broader spectrum of children? That would be great. Mm -hmm. Could the corporate culture of Disney change in a way that allows it to be not just uh, responding to culture, but leading culture? Mm -hmm. um, that would be interesting. I don't know. I don't understand the inner working, like, to, to, to speak about how the corporate culture of Disney could work uh, is like speaking about a million different pieces of all course. working in different directions and like, you know, suggesting we understand exactly how it works, which is not, to, which is in yeah, no way true. But I do understand the concept of what billions upon billions upon billions of dollars can do. Like, <laughs> like as far as what it could do and still not be toast and still be profit. Like, I think it's interesting. There's, I, sorry, we could go all on and on and on about yeah. this. Let's let's finish this up. My final thoughts on the movie are this: I liked it. I thought the beginning and end were a little bit truncated. Uh, as far as new favorite character, that little fire salamander was oh, he's cool, phenomenal. He or she, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. That, uh, yeah. It was phenomenal. Uh, also, the water horse and this any scene with that fucking water horse was I was just like jaw dropped. <laughs> I loved that so much. Oh, and actually, the last thing I'll say. Uh, we were talking about how there was no real consequence for the everyone is okay. That is 100% true. I will say, though, the most interesting part was Anna mm -hmm. still made the ultimate sacrifice about destroying the, da the dam, knowing, fo like, believing Believe. that Arendelle was going to fall because of it, but she knew it was the right thing to, for, for, to save her sister and for just the, the people sort of in general. And even though Elsa did ride out on that fucking awesome horse mm -hmm. and ice wall the shit out of it, like... Anna still was willing to make the sacrifice, which is an interesting point. But maybe she should have made some calls up front saying, "Hey, I'm going to do this thing." Well, she thought maybe, she maybe. thought Elsa was dead. No, no, but yeah. you know, like to to Arendelle, just well, be like, "Well, hey, they were guys. on the hill. They were on the hill." But she was just like, "Hey, guys, just uh, 
if you're at it, don't go down and grab your Maybe. house right now. Anyway, <laughs> I liked the movie. Uh, Shahir and then Jess, or did you already do yours? Uh, J- no, you can go ahead, Jess. Oh, well, playing off of that, I mean, Elsa, I, Elsa, I think, was sacrificed. I think it goes back to, like, they were still doing, like, the weird doing it dance of Elsa was, like, getting slowly eaten up by frostbite as she kept, like, pursuing the truth. Right. Pursuing, 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 and then ultimately froze up. And so I feel like, I, I know, I at first glance, it feels like Anna did the majority of that work, but I do agree. They The fact that they had to remind us that it's we at the end I think says a lot, but also I do feel like it was a we type situation. But um, yeah, final thoughts. The only I have one more thing in my notebook. Yeah. Okay. The only other thing that I had in my notebook. Um, that Note I phone. My <laughs> true. <laughs> calling me out, man. Yeah, <laughs> I'm already embarrassed about it. <laughs> Don't be. You, yeah. You, you have, flew here. In in the four years we've been doing this, you uh, you still have the best notes out of all. Yeah. A hundred percent. You didn't even get. To, yeah. You normally compliment my handwriting. <laughs> we have a whole routine. Uh, <laughs> no, but it, uh, so I was thinking back at the very beginning of the movie I thought that it was we start in fall and then the majority of that plot is happening during winter and then it ends in spring Yeah. and what stuck out to me because I was reading about this recently was in the, the like the olden like Celtic tradition mm-hmm. the they used to mark winter as the a time of new beginnings. Yeah. And I think more in like our culture these days, like we spring is like the time of like new beginnings. Um, and then it used to go from November through the end of December um, and through winter solstice. Yeah. And um, that, that was a time to, you celebrated the darkness because it was a, the, like everything had fallen fallow. This is a time to recharge. This is a time for creativity. This is where everything starts again. And I thought it was interesting that they started the movie that way is like the last leaf falls off the tree, enter winter, enter change, enter yeah. newness. Um, and then, yeah. And then playing off that, like the sadness is that happens is that, Advent was then shortened, shortened to like 30 days. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, oh, oh, and then that's where like Christmas lights came from is that was like a time to, like you decorated the darkness because everyone was supposed to celebrate the darkness because it was a time of like new beginnings. And I just thought that, that was interesting that like the movie kind of like the movie had a seasonal quality yeah. to it. Yeah. At this time of year that it at the it's funny. There's a lot there's a, some uh psychological studies about that uh, sort of like why that is in cultures that had to deal with long winters and cold and one of the reasons is basically to keep your like to trick yourself into thinking that it like from a from a feelings perspective like to make things lit up and pretty in a dark and terrible time like you're just getting yourself through it like almost like a belief structure like getting yourself through it until it does get better and that was that was not how it was meant to be yeah because advent became like we light up the darkness with candles but that but before but in the old, in the ancient time, mm. they were like, let's sell it in the Northern Hemisphere, at least. You're probably yeah. like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anything about history. I don't know anything about middle. I just come and bullshit well, on this podcast. it's summer during those months. Yeah, where you're right. uh, so, so yeah, we don't go through winter. I don't know what the hell you guys do. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's just different for you. Yeah. In Fiji, my, I know nothing. We didn't really have like those winters you guys are talking about. We just sat on the beach and sipped my time. Again, I said it last week. I said last week, my state's motto is live, freeze, then die. So... Um, <laughs> I, I understand winter a bit. Uh, uh, before we go out, I mean, I mean, is anyone going to? Well, I was going to say any. Oh, oh Jess, uh, should they see Frozen two? Yes, I think so. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I loved it. Like I said, it's like I, I didn't, cry, I didn't get pushed to tears, but I think that I was also too like hyper vigilant about the children in the room. I was like, ooh, what are they saying right now? Right, yeah. right, right. Um, and there was a moment that one of the kids, whenever we realized that their grandfather, like 
what did the original yeah, sin. Yeah. Was yeah. The, yeah. Um, I heard one little kid, like of maybe like five years old, he goes, so grandpa's bad. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And so, <laughs> and so um, yeah, I mean, it didn't, I didn't get moved to tears like I would in a Toy Story. Right. But I did genuinely laugh. Yeah. And I thought it was a great entertaining time. Yeah. 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 Well, everybody, this has been the only podcast about the film Frozen 2. Uh, Shahir, when you are not looking at me uh, like inquisitively, like you are right now, I'm trying to I'm trying to read the room. Where can where can folks find find you? You can find me on my website, staring back at you. Like <laughs> no, a, it's like, like the voice. Yeah, just turn your webcams off. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> um, uh, at www.shahirdowd.com. That's S H I H H. Did I just spell my name wrong? Do you want me to cut that out? Or do you want to leave it in? No, I'm going to leave it in. Okay. www.sha H I R D A U D. Yes, my mom taught me how to spell that. Um, uh, dot com. <laughs> Ma- I still miss when you would say dub dub dub. Dub dub dub. Yeah, that's my thing. It's, uh, it's still it's still in there. Is it? Did I did I not say it this you time? You said www. Oh, uh, I, I guess I've gotten more eloquent over time <laughs> as opposed to less. <laughs> uh, Matt, when you are uh, wondering how you could turn a freight a freighter ship into a uh, a drift car, mm. uh, where could people find you? You could fi- you could find me in my full. Captain America regalia hunting Balrock the Leaper on the bridge of that ship at M-A-T-T-H-E-W-K-R-O-L.com for my life and works. Also Skeletor, the number four P-R-E-Z on Instagram and PSN or Emperor MSK on Twitter. Jess! First of all, thank you so much for for making this weird, wonderful trip. You can send us your reimbursement uh, receipts. uh, And we will file it away in triplicate (laughs) and get to it at a certain time when this podcast... We paid all the other ones, right? Never worry, yeah. Actually, it's funny you mentioned never worry because that's when we're scheduled to become profitable. Oh, Um, great. So we'll get on that. Um, It's all happening in never worry. Where can folks find you and your life and works? Well, follow the rabbit. I have been changing that that Instagram handle left and right, and we're, we've landed on we've landed on Jessica A Tuck is where what? I'm at. What right happened now. to Mother Mother Tucker? Mother Tucker was my Twitter. You couldn't get that on Instagram. I couldn't get it on Instagram, but uh, also I didn't want to. Why? Because I got because I got that ten years ago, and then I'm just like I should not have this as my Twitter <laughs> handle. Uh, I think <laughs> they're both pretty damn good. <laughs> That's great. Um, and I don't use my Twitter anymore. I don't even know what my handle is. Oh, I think it's like. Uh, that's Mother Taco, right? Yeah. No, it, it was. Yeah, you oh. changed it. I changed it again. It's okay. it's. You can find you can find Jess if you look hard enough. Yeah. I want to leave internet. the final word to probably the most important voice in the room, the the audience that this film is directly targeted at. One hundred percent. The person who ate a thousand M Ms during the course of this movie <laughs> and was hyperactive through the whole thing. Uh, the person who has the best and most eloquent opinion of us all, uh, that is my son. And let's see what he has to say about Frozen 2. <laughs> have you seen Frozen 1? I have seen Frozen 1. Did you like Frozen 1? No. You don't like Frozen 1? But how many times have we seen it? 20. You've seen it 20 times. I've seen you dress up as Elsa before. And you and you go to sleep with Olaf every night. On the Elsa bed. And you have and what's your bed sheets made out of? Elsa. So you've got Elsa bed sheets. You sleep with a Olaf cuddly toy and you sing the songs and you ask for the songs all the time. I think you like Frozen. 
I like Frozen 1. Oh, uh, did you? Yeah, which do you think is better, Frozen 1 or Frozen 2? Frozen 1, because Frozen 1 doesn't have that much scariness as Frozen 2. Oh, okay. Do you think your friends would like Frozen 1 or Frozen 2 more? They would like Frozen 1. Ah. What's the song from Frozen that you sing all the time? Let it go. Can you sing it for me? Let it go, let it go, let it go, people, people, best. What did you think of the movie? Did you like Frozen 2? I liked the ending. What happened at the ending? Because in the ending, Elsa could not go back into the castle. How come? Because she had to look after the forest. Oh, okay. And do you think she's happier looking after the forest? If her sister can visit. Okay, well, what did Olaf do in this movie? Olaf, he, he got lost. How did he get lost? He got lost in the forest. Yeah? And was he scared? Yes. Yeah. Were you scared when Olaf got lost? Yes. What were you scared of? I didn't like the giants. You didn't like the giants? No. Okay, do you think your friends will like the movie Frozen 2? I uh, no. Why not? Because it's scary. Can we sing just a little bit of um, Love is an Open Door? Because remember we were singing it yesterday and I was like, you know, it's crazy. We finish each other's. Chocolate. That was what I was going to say. Sandwiches. Oh, yeah. Okay. You know, I never met someone who thinks so much like me. Chocolate. <laughs> Chocolate. Chocolate. That's not the whiz. <laughs> <laughs> Bye-bye, everyone. Thank you for listening.